Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Um, we have a treat today as I introduce you to today's guest, Catherine Binkley. Now, I'm kind of impressed with Catherine because not only does she have a good story, but she also has a very practical and thoughtful way about how she helps people in the world. So let me tell you a little bit about Catherine and um, her background. So she's a business strategist and a mindset coach. And she says her mission is to help female entrepreneurs live their best lives by creating wildly profitable businesses. So anybody who's in the business, who doesn't want a wildly profitable business? And for our listeners who are in the nonprofit business, you're in business. You also want a business with cash flow that will allow you to do more of your good work in the world. But after 10 years in being in marketing and the agency world where she was having great successes, she ventured out on her own to take control of the impact she could have on women who are also craving success, but also flexibility, happiness, and financial freedom. And she says she's never looked back once. So now she spends her days helping women move past mindset blocks, plan and implement strategies that drive results, and unlock their true potential waiting to be shared with the world. And isn't that everything the No Labels, No Limits podcast is about? So with her no-nonsense, tough love approach and I would say probably something very similar to folks who listen to the podcast are used to. She knows that when she works with people, it won't take long before they start seeing results. So I'm excited to introduce you to Catherine. We've had just a brief kind of time to chat before we started recording, and I'm really looking forward to what Catherine's going to share. So Catherine, with that as just a tiny introduction to you, what else would you like to add to that So before we dive into the actual questions part of the interview? Well, first, I just want to say thanks for having me. I'm really honored to be here. And I would just add that I had a lot of experience in marketing that I brought to the table, but mindset by far is, has been the game changer for me. And I've seen it with my clients as well. They often come to me and think that there's more that they need to know, but really it's, it's not what they know. It's how they're getting in their own way. And I'm sure we'll chat about that some along the way today. But if you can tackle that mindset piece, you're definitely ahead of the game. So I would imagine, and yes, we are going to tackle that. We're going to dive into it because I agree. I think that's one of the biggest game changers is how we think about things. And I'm very interested in some of the ways you help women address that. But I'm interested also in someone who has a very successful 10-year professional career making a turn, right? So what was that aha moment or series of moments for you that you just finally said or said, it's my time. I want to make this change and, and take this leap and start my own venture. Well, I wish I could say that it was super glamorous and I just decided one day that this is what I was going to do. But really it was a series of events that more so I feel like was the universe just like kicking me into action. Um, I'd been thinking about it for a while. Um, I had seen my mom start her own business earlier. I had known that I had the skill set to go out on my own. I was serving clients and managing everything from beginning to end for my clients and just doing it under someone else's name. 
And so I knew that I could do it. And I thought about it. But finally, one day, my boss called me into her office and she decided to share her plans for restructuring her company with me. And I was really um, excited to hear the news. I love change. I love talking about growth. And so I was excited to see how she was transitioning her business. I helped market our own agency at that point, as well as handling marketing for our clients. And so I was curious how she was going to move forward. But as she unfolded her plan, she started to share with me her thoughts about my career path. And she was really excited and positioned this move as something that was going to be a big promotion and opportunity for me. Unfortunately, I did not feel that way at all. When I heard the direction she was moving in with her company, it was, it was just so out of alignment with where I felt I wanted to go. And it felt out of alignment with my values as well. It seemed as though she was restructuring in a way that was going to prioritize productivity and profit for the company, which is great for her, but it was at the expense of the people who are working for her and the quality of work for clients. And so I really hesitated and struggled through probably a few weeks of thinking, okay, what is this going to look like? Because she was going to completely, as I said, restructure in the sense of we had different departments. I was managing all of the employees, the clients and projects related to anything marketing in the company. And all of a sudden, everything was going to shift and be separated. And I knew that this isn't where I needed to be anymore. And so with that in mind, I, I honestly really struggled. And I started to create this plan B of, okay, so... I've been thinking about doing this business thing on my own for a while. Maybe now's the time. And I started to dream and plan, but I was in a strict non-compete. And so I couldn't just go to another agency or start a local agency here. I needed to do something very different. And I, I decided to kind of take some baby steps into it. And so... With that said, I also had to have... I I needed to notify her, right? I didn't want to do anything that was outside of... I I believe in doing the right thing. I'll just put it that way. So I shared with her that I I had already been clear about my thoughts and beliefs around the, the direction she was going and how I didn't feel like that was the right path, that I'm happy to serve in the interim. But then I shared with her that I was going to start doing something else on the side. Well... That didn't go over so well. (laughs) And so I found myself within a matter of weeks laid off. And I mean, it's not that surprising, but at the time I really didn't expect it. I was honest and open and thought that I would have a little more time. Well, I didn't. So that kicked me right into gear. And I guess that's how it all got started. That's interesting. A couple of things I want to ask you to talk a little bit more about and how they shaped how you went forward. So when you were talking about it not being a lot in alignment with your um, values and your beliefs, did that, when you recognized that, had you known that? Like, did you, were you always really clear on that? Or was it the changes where that made you really reflect on what are my values and beliefs? And then can I even stay here? You know, I really already had a good foundation for what my values and beliefs were and both personally and professionally. And I had started to sense that the company prioritized profit over people in general. And as I started to feel that, 
I was told by others in the company that they were making changes, they were transitioning, that things were going to to shift. But as soon as I heard this news from her, it was clear that that wasn't actually going to be the case. So yeah, I already had a feeling that things were potentially out of alignment long-term, but then this solidified it for me. Okay. Then did you, did that shape how you formed your own business then in terms of how you thought about or structured it? Do you have staff? Do you work remotely with people? Because what you've learned in that relationship thing, I guess what I'm after is how did that influence um, how you structured your work or, and, or how you work with your female clients who may have some of those same issues coming up, either in the business they're running or when they're trying to create. So I had a really fortunate experience right out of college. The first agency that I worked with taught me everything that I so firmly believe now about how you should treat your people. And so I had a great experience to compare that to and contrast that with. And so I think both experiencing what that should look like and feel like, as well as then what it didn't have both influenced me. And now I do have, I do have an employee. I have several contractors that I work with and I intentionally invest in my own leadership skills, working with a mentor to improve that, talk about company values and prioritize the people. I am building a life that lights me up and I want anyone who works with me to be able to experience a life that lights them up as well. And I just hope to be a part of that. That's amazing. And um, that's great to hear because I, don't we all want to wake up and feel really good about where where we are contributing in the world? So, yeah. so back on to the questions I had for you. Um, okay. You know, when you talk about, and for folks, let me just say when I'm going to encourage you to go out and look at Catherine's website. She has great resources on there. But one of the um, articles I read that Catherine wrote really talked about, you know, mindset, but also when folks come to her for help, there is a distinction between what they think the issues are and what they really are. So the difference between, you know, the um, symptoms or the root causes of why that person's in that place. Catherine, can you share with us your thoughts around that and maybe how we have misperceptions about where we're stuck and how to get past it? Yeah. So I've seen this from the very beginning of my marketing career um, where clients will show up and they'll ask for something, almost treating whoever they're working with, whether it's a coach, whether it's a marketing agency, but they're treating them almost as if they're a drive-through and they're just placing an order. I just need this. And can you just give me this? But what I found is that oftentimes what people initially ask for is actually something that's going to treat a symptom and they aren't actually diving in deep enough to, to, to impact this root cause and to treat that root cause. Because what happens is if you continue to ask for anything to treat a symptom, it's going to keep coming back. You're going to continue to have that pain. You're not actually going to solve it. You might put a Band-Aid on it or might have a quick fix, but ultimately it's still there. The problem is still there. And so from a mindset perspective and even from a marketing perspective, because you can look at this strategically as well, with both there are certain things that you might be 
trying to solve, you might be looking for a fix and you've got to dig a little bit deeper. You've got to get to the root cause and start asking some questions about, you know, am I seeing a pattern in my life regarding this or in my marketing or in my business regarding whatever it is? Is there something else that's actually leading to this that I need to take a deeper look at and hopefully get to the point where you uncover what's underneath it all? So you you mentioned that you actually get some of the biggest, most positive feedback on the work that you do around mindset, that while people will come to you for help around a, a problem or a concern they have with their business, once they start doing that mindset work that you do, that's really where they have their big, um, I'm going to say breakthroughs or shifts yeah. in, in things. Is that right? It is. Yeah. Oftentimes someone will come to me and they'll present problems like, I'm not able to convert any clients. I am not really sure what my messaging should be. I don't know what to talk about in my marketing. And these are all surface level problems and we can start to to tackle those. But if there isn't any progress, if we're not moving the needle, then we have to look deeper. And what I've found is Oftentimes there's a root cause that's that they have no idea. They come to me thinking we're just going to talk business and we end up talking life a lot more than they ever expect because it's all so tied together. But the fact that you don't know what to talk about in your business when it comes to content ideas might stem from a fear of getting visible, a fear of how valuable your content would be. It might be a fear of success. And if you actually show up and talk about the things that you know, clients might actually hire you. And my goodness, if they hire you, then what's that going to lead to, right? There are all these fears about if I make more money, am I going to become like that rich person that I encountered when I was younger, who I thought was just the worst person in the world. And I attributed that behavior to the fact that they had money when those actually weren't related. Those weren't the the two things that, that wasn't a cause and effect scenario. They're all of these things we could dive into. And until we do, they just, they have no idea that that was even what was causing it. So it's really fascinating because they, they do come to me and say, okay, I need help with this and this and this on the marketing side. But often they, they are having incredible breakthroughs once we dig deeper and figure out why they're experiencing the symptoms. How do you walk someone from coming, say I come to you and I say, you know, Catherine, I've got all this stuff. I've done these things in social media that I'm supposed to do, right? My little checklist, what needs to be done. I've done this, I've done that, and I'm stuck. And I need you through marketing to fix this for me. How do you transition me from that, from me thinking I've got this problem to being willing to actually do that? work with you on the mindset and and digging deeper, especially if that's not what I thought I was buying when I ordered my drive-through takeout services from you. Yeah. Well, so I am upfront that I work on both with my clients and some some are resistant. I, I think all of us are resistant at times and we just think we need that quick fix. But oftentimes I can start to transition it by simply, let's say you're let's say you want to make $10,000 a month and you're saying, I just can't seem to make $10,000 a month. No matter what I try, I've tried all these things. I just can't seem to make $10,000 a month. Well, I just start to dive into why, what are all the reasons that you just can't seem to make $10,000 a month? 
And oftentimes it's all of these excuses and stories that we're telling ourselves that aren't really true. And so the first step is to get all of that out. And then the second step is to help them uncover why all of those are actually just BS that they're telling themselves, right? And when they start to realize that not only are those stories that aren't actually true, but then that they are choosing to believe those stories, they can start to actually get pretty upset with themselves, right? They're they're like, wait a minute, I'm the one who's been holding myself back. And so once there's that awareness of, okay, this is a choice, whatever, whatever you're seeing in your business right now, whatever results you're getting, your business is designed perfectly to get that result right now. And so we've got to shift something, but they don't know what to shift until we dive into this work. So once they realize that it's a choice and that they're responsible for the results they're getting, then we can start to look at, okay, so why, why are you making this choice? What's the payoff for making this choice? What are you scared of about making the $10,000 a month? Why would you want to avoid that? And most people immediately will say, no, no, no. I really want to make $10,000 a month. I'm like, okay, but if you didn't, why might you not want to make $10,000 a month? Because there are some reasons there that we need to, to dive into. So that leads me to ask this question that is kind of tied back to really that person or any person figuring out what they really, really want versus and just an expectation, whether it's something they knowingly accepted or just assume that's what they had to do in that role. What is the distinction and, and how do you help people with that? Well, I think that most of the time we start to think about the, the things that we define as success based on everyone else around us and what they want, what they define as success, what they think should be success for us, what that should look like for us. And I mean, that starts at such an early age with, you know, parents. And then as you grow up, teachers and mentors and everyone really defining what success looks like for you. And so I know I had to learn this lesson that success looks different for everyone. Everyone has a different, a different definition of success. And you have to, to put everyone else's ideas aside and start to figure out what that looks like for you. And so I think that that's evolving. It's not as though you just figure it out one day and you know perfectly what that's going to look like. But if you didn't have to worry about anyone else, if you could just do whatever you wanted to do, if you could imagine the perfect day and from beginning to end, you know, think about what that day would look like without worrying about anyone else, what would that look like? And if you could do anything without worrying about not having enough resources, not worrying about not having enough time, not having enough money, whatever might be the case. If you weren't afraid, there are all these questions you can ask yourself. What would you do then? And ultimately, if, you, if all that's out of the way, the fear, the money, the time, everyone else's expectations, you start to get to the bottom of what it is that you actually want. And when folks get there, do you find some of your um, clients and the folks you help look at what they're currently doing and go, well, they don't match. Oh yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. At that point, they realize that they've been creating something that they thought was the perfect, the perfect ideal of success or what someone else thought or thought would be good for them. What they felt like 
would just be profitable. A lot of people choose something. And since I'm talking business, they choose a path based on what they think is going to make them money or what they're they're good at. And those are both good things to look look at. Those are both pieces of the puzzle, but they're only pieces and they realize they're missing this other piece that's the part that's really going to light them up. And so that's what I like to work on with them to help uncover that and figure out, yeah, this is the direction I need to move. And often that does require a pivot. Yeah, that's pretty powerful, especially when you get to the point where you're able to say, okay, do over. (laughs) Changing, changing. Exactly. I like that you how you define success and that it's evolving. I also think at different stages, right, things matter more. You know, success yeah. at one stage in your life may look different than at another stage. And do you find folks are reluctant to let go of either how they've been perceived or roles they've had and had really good input and feedback on? You know, so for you, for example, like here you are being very successful in marketing apart from the side that the company changed, right? It would be akin to you saying, I have to be that successful on my own doing things in that way. Otherwise, I've got no identity. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but do you see that it's a loss thing for folks? Do they experience loss if they're going, well, if I don't go after what I think I'm supposed to be doing, who the heck am I? There's a lot that comes up when you start to talk about identity and and yeah our identities are often wrapped up in what we've done in the past and what we've been good at but ultimately I guess there's this this switch that flips when you start to prioritize what it is that you really desire and you have to to know that the pain of where you are right now is far greater then the pain of where you want to go and you start to imagine this desire for everything that you want and know that regardless of what you might let go of, regardless of what you might leave behind, it's all worth it because you're, you're getting whatever it is that you want. And I, I think that people have a hard time realizing that they can have it. So there's a lot of work around that. There's a big difference in feeling like you desire something and deserve it. There's a whole lot wrapped up in that. Okay. So that leads me to ask you to talk a little bit about how, what we think, especially when you said the distinction between I like, I want or desire something to I deserve it. How do our thoughts impact our experiences? Well, earlier I mentioned something about your business is designed right now to get the results that you're getting. And the interesting thing is, the results that you're getting in that design is based on your thoughts before, not your thoughts today. Your thoughts today will create your future and your thoughts before created where you are now. And so when you start to figure out for yourself that the way that you think about things right now will help you achieve that success, you can start to shift things. And so one way that I like to look at it and advice that I like to give is to imagine yourself at the end of your career or life or whatever it is that you're working towards, or even just 10 years from now, you put a timeline on it, but imagine yourself when you're successful. What decisions would you make then? What would you do? What would you think? How would you approach things? How would you handle things? And then start doing that right now. Because if you start acting as if 
you are that person now and allowing your thoughts to to shift and start to believe that that success is possible, you're much more likely to actually achieve it. How much discomfort is there when, think about, I'm just going to use your 10-year window, Mm -hmm. right? So it's often hard for us, unless we look back 10 years and think, wow, if 10 years ago, I'm not sure I could have projected myself doing what I'm doing today, right? I just I don't know. I know that I would have expected I could do it. So now I take that and I go, okay, I'm totally with you, Catherine. I am going to think about how would I be asking at the end of this 10 years when I'm in that success place that I've clearly by this point in working with you, I've become clear on. I can also imagine that acting like that today kicks up some discomfort. Oh, yeah. So... You know, it's like, who do, who do I think I, wait a minute, what happens if I do this, right? You know, all those excuses. So do you have some tips that help us kind of when we feel that to just stick with it? Or what do you advise or coach people to do? Well, I think first of all, you have to maintain that possibility, not even possibility. You have to, you have to decide that that success is inevitable, but then detach from the outcome so that there is that room for it to shift and change because it might not look exactly like that once you get there. But as long as you have that idea in mind and you know you're working towards something and even trust that it's going to be far better, that's the first thing. But then when that discomfort starts to come up, one of the things that I like to talk to my clients about is how they're making decisions. And if they're making decisions based on fear or faith. And so when you start to have that discomfort around, you know, 10 years from now, if you were a CEO of a million dollar, multi-million dollar business, they wouldn't be scared to invest. They wouldn't be scared to spend some money on themselves. But right now you're like, how do I start acting like that right now? How can I do that? I don't have that money now. Well, okay, but take that idea, take that feeling. And what can you do to make that decision to invest out of faith versus making a decision not to invest out of fear. And it may not be at the same level, but you can start to take these baby steps again to start embodying those feelings of success before you're even there. And that's really a very proactive and powerful thing to do because it immediately starts to counter the I can't piece, right? So even if it's a baby step, I love that you you know do the whole baby step thing because it doesn't matter how big, it's the mo- motion forward towards yes. that activity or that vision. And also the acting on faith versus fear. And I think sometimes being able to say, okay, what is going on right now? Am I freaking out? And I'm making this decision because I'm afraid of losing something or whatever, or am I going to do it trusting that I, I'm going to have success and just putting one foot in front of the other. So it's good to have a coach and mentor such as yourself to help you with that. Because honestly, doing that in a vacuum is difficult because that yeah. self-doubt can kick up. For sure. One of the best pieces of advice that I ever received, and I heard it from a stage, it wasn't direct, but it was to do it scared take action through the fear. And I'm sure it's been said so many times, but I think that it's so easy to confuse the difference between 
being terrified and being really excited, they come from the same place inside of you. And so they just, oftentimes you, you can't distinguish which it is. So just go with the excitement and do it anyway. I agree. I'm totally with you on that one. So though, with that, it brings me up to asking you, how do you distinguish? So there are folks who are going to go, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, but I'm not ready. This doesn't look perfect. It's not like I have this vision in 10 years that I'm going to have this beautiful staff who's going to make sure no mistakes go out, but I don't have them yet, but I'm going to commit to this. How do you get or help people get from that worry and doubt and that uh, just that obsessiveness with being perfect before stepping out? It's all about simply taking action. And so when I work with, with clients, it's just figuring out what next step they can take and just do it. And it, it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. If you're waiting until something's perfect, it's, it may never even happen, right? So we just figure out one thing to do and just do it. And it might not go well. I've had, I mean, I was chatting in my Facebook group yesterday and shared a long list of things that really have not been easy for me. I've had webinars that no one signed up for in the past. And I mean, I I listed a long list, so I don't have to hear, but there are, it's not going to be easy, but the act of just doing it, you're going to learn something. And that lesson that you learn is probably something that you needed to learn in order to be successful anyway. So you might as well go ahead and learn it now by taking that action versus trying to wait till it's perfect and then it all flopping. Well, and and don't you find that when you step out, even when you're excited, let's say not terrified, but you're excited, there is that sense, even if it doesn't go as perfectly as you'd imagine, that you did it. I mean, that's like a big kudos to go, okay, I was scared. I did it. Could I have improved it? Probably. You know, was I as good as I want to be in 10 years? Probably not. But it's not 10 years in the future yet either. So, but that's a huge thing to be able to say to yourself, okay, step one, I did it. Exactly. I remember the very first time I sat down to do a Facebook Live. And I say sat down to do a Facebook Live because I didn't actually do it. I sat down and I stared at the computer for a while and kept thinking I was going to click the button to go live and I didn't. And then a couple of days later, I was like, okay, I've got to do this. And I, again, I sat there. It took me a really long time to finally hit that button. But then once I did, I was like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and now I do Facebook lives all the time. So it's it's just so funny sometimes how much you build up around something and then realize it's, it's not that big of a deal. Well, and, and really, who cares? You know, yeah. I think about, I, I'm only laughing because, because <laughs> I had to reach out for a coach and mentor and they said, no, you're going to do this. And I'm going, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Sure. I'll do it. And I was uncomfortable. And, you know, for a number of reasons, you know, that yeah. you could list the uncomfortable things. I did the same thing. It's like, okay, I can script this all out. I'm going, yeah, that's kind of counterintuitive to the whole Facebook Live thing. Right. You know? So I did, it's like, I'll come back to it later. And I finally did, but I made, I gave myself a deadline, but I found out the only way I could do it was not at my desk. I'm going, okay, mm-hmm. the tech is going to be funky, but I'm going to do it on my phone because I can do it while I'm walking my dog, right? Gotcha. To distract. 
But yeah. I thought, and it wasn't great. In fact, it was, I probably should have pulled it down, but I thought, no, that was, you had to get over it, get over yourself and get over that fear. And so I love that you yeah. share that with folks because it's real. It's so real. I just had a client this past week who did her first Facebook Live and immediately after, what's really funny is the content resonated. I thought it would resonate with my audience. So I shared it. And then immediately after she was like, well, I was going to delete it, but then you went and shared it. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm glad I did. Um, even no matter how bad you think it is, keep it and look back on it. Compare. You can always go back and look at that very first whatever it was. In this case, we're talking about Facebook Live, so it could be anything. And you can see that growth. That's so let's great. talk about first. I know one of the other things that I've learned about you that I was interested in is that you're also a host of a podcast, your own, called the Lit Ladypreneur Podcast. What is the premise of that? Can you share with our, our listeners so they know whether they're a fit to go over and check it out? Yeah, absolutely. So The entire premise is about building a business and a life that light you up. And I talk all about marketing and mindset in order to do that. So if, I mean, we all want to build a business and well, if you have a business, you want to build a business that you love. We all want to build a life that lights us up. And so I tie the two together and focus on how a lot of people will build a business that turns into this machine that they become a slave to and they're working all the time and they realize it's not what they wanted at all and their life is is being sacrificed because of it. So I focus on how to make sure you're creating a business that actually serves that life that you want and being intentional about that from the beginning versus finding yourself with this successful business, but ultimately a life that just isn't where you ever wanted it to be. It becomes the tail wagging the dog, that little business. Yeah. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap up, I want to ask you a couple of last questions, which is redundant last questions. But if you were to meet yourself way back, so maybe 15 years ago, before you'd even started in your marketing field, started this business early on, what piece of advice might you give the younger Catherine? Well, I touched on this earlier, but I know without a doubt, this is what it would be. And that is to imagine that woman that I wanted to be in the future and start acting as if I were her then. I made too many decisions based on what everyone else wanted, what everyone else expected of me. And I needed to get clear on what it it was that I wanted and to make sure that I started then. Without a doubt, that's what I would tell myself. Okay. I think that's pretty powerful. That and then what you've already shared too about the mindset of being willing to invest in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Because we sometimes don't do that. And I'm happy to be talking with you today on International Women's Day, even though this won't air until after that. Um, I think you're a, a great guest for promoting women who are trying to do good in the world and helping them succeed and have good lives. Because we all know when the women have a good life, the people they touch also have good lives. That's right. Yes, ma'am. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, Catherine. And I'm looking forward to sharing you with the audience. We will put for our listeners, um, if you're wondering how to reach Catherine, there's going to be hyperlinks down in the text so you can go to her websites, check her out. I really encourage you to do that. She has great content, both in her um, blog and her podcast. and. If you are 
someone who's ready for Catherine, I think you should reach out to her and spend a little bit of time with her one-on-one. So that said, thank you, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. We hope you liked what you heard. And if you did, we ask that you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share. And until next time, have a great week living a no labels, no limits, and no excuses life.